Welcome to the water cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Glad you're with us. It's Wednesday, December 16, 2020. The Electoral College has officially certified Joe Biden as the winner of the presidential election. But, but, but that doesn't mean the fraud investigations are over. Today on the Hill, Senator Ron Johnson held a congressional hearing into voter irregularities. There he is. Lots of syllables in that word, by the way, irregularities and lots of election fraud to still sift through. We're going to have all the details. Plus, Congress working on the COVID stimulus bill. Will many Americans be receiving a Christmas check in the mail? Those four are working at it. We're going to talk to Congressman Brian Babin about that. And how about this? The first do-it-yourself home COVID kit is out. Hey, that's way better than Elf on a Shelf or even a fruitcake this Christmas. More on that on the big show today. Uh, but first to that congressional hearing on election fraud, Senator Ron Johnson, he's the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, chaired the hearing. And well, let's just say he was not happy with how Democrats and the media have treated these allegations of fraud. This hearing should not be controversial. It really shouldn't be. This is something I think we all should want to restore the confidence in our election system. A week ago, when I gave notice to this hearing, there were more standing issues and court cases than there are today. But even though courts have handed down decisions and the Electoral College has awarded Joe Biden 306 electoral votes, a large percentage of the American public does not believe the November election results are legitimate. This is not a sustainable state of affairs in our democratic republic. There are many reasons for this high level of skepticism. It starts with today's climate of hyperpartisanship, which was only exacerbated by the persistent efforts to delegitimize the results of the 2016 election. The corrupt investigation and media coverage of the Russian collusion hoax reduced faith in our institutions. And the ongoing suppression and censorship of conservative perspective by biased media and social media adds fuel to the flames. We should point out that on hand today to testify was Christopher Krebs. He's the former top administration official for cybersecurity. Remember, he was fired by the president. He actually told the committee today that it was dangerous, that's his words, dangerous for members of Congress to embrace what he calls false and baseless attacks on how the 2020 election was conducted. So for more on all of this, I want to bring in Jordan Seculo, uh, one of the lawyers for President Donald J. Trump. Jordan, hey, thanks for being back on the show. I appreciate it. Sure, David. Thank you. Well, Jordan, look, essentially Christopher Krebs is saying it's time to stop yeah. uh, buying all this election fraud nonsense. I mean, that's what he's saying, uh, that the president and his supporters in Congress are claiming. What, what are you saying about all of that? I, I think that what the Senate is doing by conducting these investigations and hearings is, is great. I, I, I mean, whether or not that will change the legal outcome or any legal cases that are still pending or that might be filed still as the president continues to fight. Um, the fact that we're getting this information out there and that uh, words, whether it's fraud or, or illegal conduct, you know, we focused a lot on and our, our legal work for the president in these issues early on. We filed the lawsuits uh, and the, the team of Trump lawyers and RNC and campaign lawyers filed lawsuits in states uh, before the election saying what you're about to do violates the laws of your state and the Constitution. And we were told by judges after judge after judge that, well, you, you know what, you haven't been harmed yet, so you'll have to come back. And then when we came back, they said, well, it's too late now. 
uh, because, and this was even before the electoral college, because we're not going to we're not going to throw out votes. And most of this was actually uh, these cases ended up being thrown out on procedural matters, not on the merits. Cases that did reach the merits were were pretty close. I mean, in Wisconsin, uh, just a couple days ago, is four to three, and uh, if uh, with one judge shifting, two hundred thousand votes could have been thrown out in Wisconsin. So to say that these challenges weren't legitimate or were dangerous, you don't, you don't get four, three decisions, even if they go against you, um, uh, if they're not legitimate challenges. That means three of those Wisconsin Supreme Court justices agreed that those 200,000 votes were illegally cast because right. most of them were absentee votes where no one requested an absentee ballot. I mean, so it was issues like that that weren't necessarily fraud, but also illegal conduct by specific states. Uh, Jordan, I want to show you something from the Milwaukee uh, Journal Sentinel uh, today. This is about Ron Johnson specifically. And of course, he held the hearing, but this is what the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, Journal Sentinel said about an interview they did with him. They said, Ron Johnson calls election legitimate and acknowledges Biden victory, but still plans hearings on alleged irregularities. And so I guess my question is, what do you make of, uh, of that? But overall, there is a search on, on the way for January 6th and one U.S. senator to stand up, whether it be Ron Johnson, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz. What's your sense? What are you hearing as to whether or not you think one U.S. senator will boldly stand up on January 6th? I think a lot of that is still in the mix. I don't think uh, uh, Mo Brooks is there yet with the senator. I know that the names that you've talked about are, are certainly the likely senators who would who would do this and then cause uh, the both houses, uh, both the House and the Senate, to go and and have this uh, debate over over the electors before they certify this. Uh, but uh, but again, I think that if you have these hearings and the information that's come out, the information I was just talking about in Wisconsin, that maybe courts didn't, uh, you know, we were one vote short in court, but Congress may want to look into it because there was agreement by three judge justices on Wisconsin that there were issues. And that the Supreme Court really said, and I, I, I get, David, what what I really think the Supreme Court did, um, I know a lot of people are angry with the Supreme Court, but I think what they were really indicating was that you don't need the Supreme Court here to tell these states that what they did was wrong. They already have a remedy under their law and the U.S. Constitution where they, as state legislators, can fix this problem. And no one can really challenge that. They can they can put forward a new set of electors. Unfortunately, I think a lot of those those four states specifically were were um, not going to do that unless they got a a ruling from the Supreme Court that not who they had to seat as electors, but that their elections were held and they violated the law, and so that they were looking for something like that. But the court, when there's other remedies available. Uh, usually wants to go to those other remedies. So I still think, again, it, what what the, where the uphill challenge here is that, let's say uh, Congressman Brooks can find one of those senators. I, I want to be a realist to everybody as we're talking through this because I think it, it's it's just honest and fair. Sure. Even if he does, it's not the constitutional option where someone doesn't get to 270 and the House votes by state delegation where Republicans actually are in the lead. This is even after they if they got the Republican senator, they have the debate, the House would vote based off uh, you know, a single vote by each member. The Democrats still have the majority there. They're not going to vote out uh, a potential or vote in uh, uh, Donald Trump as the rightful winner 
of the election, like it or not. So would the debate be good for the country? Uh, do people need to kind of have faith in the elections? I, I think so, and because here's what I'm worried about, David, is Georgia, where time after time I'm seeing on social media and my first campaign, uh, first two campaign jobs actually were in the state of Georgia, and I'm starting to see these Georgia Republicans and also some new actors kind of in the state uh, try and say, why even vote? This is all rigged. And I try to remind people, like, David Perdue beat John Ossoff. Uh, Kelly Loeffler just had to get through the primary because there were two uh, good Republican candidates in that, Doug Collins as well. She did. And the, if Republicans turn out big there, they can beat Dominion, they can beat uh, Warnock, they can beat liberal Hollywood, and uh, and they can keep control of the U.S. Senate. They can't be discouraged. If they're discouraged, uh, we're in serious trouble, not just for who's in control of the White House, but if it is Joe Biden then if there's going to be any check on the Biden administration for at least two years. Yeah, so you have real concerns about what's happening in Georgia in terms of uh, the vote being suppressed somehow, some way. Yes, and in the, in the Republican Party, uh, the RNC, has filed a lawsuit in Georgia, not about uh, the 2020 presidential election, but with uh, against the Secretary of State. And it's really just saying, follow the rules of your own state. I mean, it's not it's not alleging anything great. It's just saying... We, we are calling on you to follow the rules, and here's what you can do as Secretary of State uh, to make sure the rules are followed so we don't have a repeat of the presidential election yeah. where we have people saying, oh, we got to stop counting ballots, then we have videos of them keep counting ballots and these kind of issues. Let's not have that happen again. And uh, and, and I think there is a huge movement to try and discourage uh, Republicans from voting. But yet you got Mike Pence going down there. President's been down there. I'm sure he'll be down there again. Mm -hmm. Basically every elected Republican in the House and the Senate, uh, even newly elected uh, members of the U.S. Senate. I know like Bill Haggerty from Tennessee, who is is, is not even a, a, taken his oath yet uh, to be a U.S. Senator, is in Georgia campaigning. So, I mean, they're taking, because Republicans know they can win. The votes are there. The votes were there for David Perdue. Uh, and uh, they just need to turn out again in big numbers and uh, send a message to the whole country. To me, it's a it's a national election. It's also a way to protect much of the Trump legacy. Yeah. Less than 30 seconds. Back to January 6th. You mentioned Mo Brooks on the House side. Let's be in the truth telling business as well, Jordan. On the Senate side, even if Republicans control the Senate on January 6th and they went and discussed and had a vote on it, Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, they're not getting to 50 votes. I mean, it's it's not. It's I don't not think gonna, so. No. Unfortunately, I, I don't think so. So even, and, and Mitch McConnell said this, it wasn't so much him. And I think that he gets too much uh, uh, blame. He was basically saying it, it'd be within his own caucus. There's only so much he can control. And you've got the guys like Mitt Romney who you know voted halfway to impeach the president over a phone call. And, yeah. uh, and you've got the Ben Sass types who just don't like President Trump. who are, They're not going to go along with it. So you might get to a point where we have the debate. But I don't want people to get their hopes up yep. that this is going to overturn the Electoral College vote. Jordan Seculo, always great to see you. Great insight. Thank you, sir. All the best. Thanks, David. All right. Uh, when we come back, Congressman Brian Babin, Texas congressman, talking about the latest on the COVID relief bill. Will there be Christmas checks in the mail for millions of Americans? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. The COVID relief bill. What is the latest uh, from Congress? Will they get it passed? Will there be Christmas checks in some folks' stockings or or possibly after that uh, in this new year coming up? Uh, Let's get the latest from Congressman Brian Babin, U.S. Congressman from Texas, back on the show with us. Congressman Babin, great to see you here on the water cooler. Always great to be with you, David. Well, what is the latest? It looks like things are uh, moving along. You've got Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy. And uh, who did I miss? Uh, Kevin McCarthy? I don't know. The other fourth one. Did I say Schumer? Anyhow, all of them uh, are are meeting. What's the latest there? Well, I think things are getting closer than they've ever been. Uh, As you know, over 40 times uh, we have tried to get uh, uh, PPP there's $138 billion just sitting there. Uh, and uh, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program uh, it was one of the most uh, probably effective parts of the, uh, of the uh, gr- great bill that we, that we passed uh, months and months ago. But the, the part for uh, small businesses expired at the end of August. And many, many uh, small businesses are, are are simply going by the wayside. They're not. They're they're closing up, never to never to open up again. And it, it's it was such an effective part of that bill uh, to have the Democrats not work with us to just take that 138 billion dollars that's sitting there. We wouldn't even have to add money to it. Uh, and yet, 40 times plus, they have turned us down. So I'm hoping that they come up with something here real quick and add it to uh, and and let's let's start giving relief, COVID relief to our our people who are, are out of work, who are suffering very, very much. So and, you, be- uh, yeah, you believe a bill's going to get done then? And what about these checks that we're hearing, the stimulus checks? Well, as of right now, the last word I heard was that there would not be stimulus checks in this uh, this particular uh, uh, bill. But, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sitting at the table, David. I wish I was, but mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, I'm not. So I'm, I'm hearing that that uh, is not something that's going to be part of it at this point in time. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Right. Congressman Babbitt, let me ask you a little bit about uh, a lot of this election fraud that we've talked about before. I mean, you have that uh, that uh, act out there, the Have to Be Alive to Vote Act. Uh, you've been very frustrated with the process. You had Mitch McConnell come out on the Senate floor yesterday and call Joe Biden president-elect. What did you make of what Mitch McConnell uh, did there? I was disappointed, quite frankly. I was very disappointed because... Uh, it's really not final until January the 6th when uh, those uh, electoral votes are ratified and certified by the House and the Senate. Uh, and uh, until that time, I think that uh, there's just too many allegations, too, too many uh, hundreds and hundreds of, of sworn affidavits. Uh, we all saw the footage of ballots being carried about in suitcases in Georgia. Uh, forensic report on Dominion machines in Antrim County, uh, uh, Michigan, uh, reported uh, that uh, they had a 66 uh, error rate, 66% error rate. And uh, Trump has received more minority votes than any GOP president since 1960. He won 19 of 20 bellwether counties across the country. Uh, He won 27 out of 27 toss-up seats. He did well in the Senate. Uh, in spite of every poll saying that that wouldn't happen. Uh, 75 million Americans voted for this president. 
Uh, and 70 percent of those feel like the election was stolen. Yeah. And quite, quite frankly, he, he received 11 million more votes this time than he did in 2016. And they are, we're supposed to accept the fact that President Trump lost without any inquiries, without any super, uh, any uh, careful investigations. And, and I'm very disappointed in the, the Supreme Court uh, not hearing the, the, the Texas case. I was very, very disappointed in that, uh, especially yeah. with the three uh, Trump appointed uh, justices who simply kept mum. Uh, the only two that wanted to hear the case uh, were uh, Clarence Thomas uh, and uh, and uh, Alito. Alito. They were the only two. And I was very disappointed that they, they were not going to hear this case. Uh, Congressman, I want to switch over to something. It was an op-ed that you wrote. Uh, you took down. Uh, it was the Washington Examiner uh, uh, op-ed. Uh, uh, I was doing some research, my producer, Madison, we were looking through this, and it was about religious freedom at risk in a Biden administration, but the, with the, it said the, with the uh, op-ed had been withdrawn. Explain this and what happened here. Well, the, it, the liberal media continues to manipulate the news. That fits their own agenda and, that's, that, and their narrative. And that's, that's what we've been experiencing for years, but especially uh, in the, uh, leading up into the election. So last week I wrote this op-ed uh, that the Washington Examiner picked up and wanted to publish. However, they made their own edits to it and they published it without my staff's or my consent. And they basically fundamentally changed my perspective and my intent. And so unfortunately, the, the Examiner distorted my position on the outcome of the 2020 election. And I could not really allow the manipulation of my words to be attributed to me or my office. Uh, they were, it was not my position, what was finally printed. And so after a lengthy conversation with them, uh, they finally agreed to take the op-ed down and they posted a statement that they wrote. Uh, sadly, it's growing harder and harder to find journalistic integrity in this country. And that's basically what happened. So, so just so I understand, what, what was the contention that they, they felt like the election had been settled and you had put yes. some, something along those lines that it had not and they had, a, they had an issue with that? Yes, they had an issue with that. And uh, they... Uh, uh, this is why I was, you, you asked me a second ago, but if I was uh, happy with uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, basically telling uh, the, his Republican colleagues not to, not to contest the uh, January 6th electoral uh, certification. Uh, they, th this election was not over. In fact, this was even prior uh, to the electoral college voting uh, yesterday or day before, whenever it was. Uh, and so it was even more relevant at that time and I, uh, this, this thing was not over. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, they changed the, the wording and it, it, it basically changed uh, what, what I truly believe. And so we had, it, we had it taken down. Sounds like a case of media suppression added again. It's like the great suppression out there. We're seeing it over and over again. Big tech has done it over and over and over again. We see when we make uh, conservative, uh, uh, express conservative opinions on our social media or in, in op-eds or anywhere else, then uh, we, see, uh, uh, we see a suppression of it. We see yeah. a pushback uh, from the liberal uh, media, the radical Democrat side. And, uh, you know, even on my Facebook, they post right. these little things, well, check this and check that for the real, the real information. And, uh, of course, a lot of times you're shadow banned. You don't even realize they've taken you down. That's right. That's, and right. that's why I think it's so important uh, that uh, yeah. we, uh, we actually start uh, restricting uh, these. Uh, and, Got to run. And, and run. Getting rid of the uh, Section 230, repeal that in the, in the uh, communication. Congressman, 
Got to run. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being here. Back in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. All right, today we've had some fantastic guests so far. <laughs> We're patting ourselves on the back. We do it all the time. Uh, Jordan Seculo from Trump's legal team was here. Congressman Brian Babin of Texas joined us a few minutes ago. I think I've been anchoring a heck of a show. Madison producing the heck out of this show. Uh, but here at the Water Cooler, we uh, do like to call ourselves news with a smile. See? Uh, and what better news is there to smile at than the FDA approving the first at-home COVID test yesterday evening. So this was created by uh, the digital diagnostic company, Alum. I like calling it that, Alum. The FDA granted emergency use authorization to the Alum COVID home test for non-prescription usage by people who are symptomatic and asymptomatic. So the test has demonstrated 96% accuracy in numerous testing sites, it's been tested for adults and children two years and older. And Illum has announced that they are ramping up their manufacturing. They Apparently, they're going to have production for about 100,000 tests per day starting in about January 2021. And I'm told about a million later in the year. So uh, good news on the COVID home uh, vaccine front. Vaccine? No, home COVID. COVID? <laughs> I just said COVID. Home COVID test front. Uh, President Trump, as you might imagine, has been touting this for a while. He says uh, Operation Warp Speed, the vaccine, you know, we're fantastic, we're wonderful. This is what he said uh, a few days ago. I have really good news. Today, our nation has achieved a medical miracle. We have delivered a safe and effective vaccine in just nine months. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. It will save millions of lives and soon end the pandemic once and for all. I am thrilled to report that the FDA has authorized the Pfizer vaccine. We have given Pfizer and other companies a great deal of money, hoping this would be the outcome. And it was. On behalf of the American people, I'd like to thank all of the brilliant scientists, technicians, doctors, and workers who made this all possible. Pfizer and Moderna have announced their vaccine is approximately 95 percent effective, far exceeding expectations. These vaccines are also very safe. American citizens participated in clinical trials that were far larger than normal and had no serious side effects. The dedicated and independent experts at the FDA meticulously studied the results of the trials, and it has now passed the gold standard of safety. Through Operation Warp Speed, my administration provided a total of $14 billion to accelerate vaccine development and to manufacture all of the top candidates in advance. This included a nearly $2 billion investment in Pfizer to produce 100 million doses of their vaccine, with an option to produce 500 million additional doses. And I'm proud to say that we have made sure that this vaccine will be free for all Americans. Through our partnership with FedEx and UPS, 
We have already begun shipping the vaccine to every state and zip code in the country. The first vaccine will be administered in less than 24 hours. The governors decide where the vaccines will go in their state and who will get them first. We want our senior citizens, healthcare workers, and first responders to be first in line. This will quickly and dramatically reduce deaths and hospitalizations. When the China virus invaded our shores, I promised that we would produce a vaccine in record time before the end of the year. They said it couldn't be done, but with today's announcement, we have now achieved that goal. The United States is the first nation in the world to produce a verifiably safe and effective vaccine. Today's achievement is a reminder of America's unlimited potential when we have the will and the courage to pursue ambitious goals. As I've said from the beginning, a vaccine will vanquish the virus and return life back to normal. The pandemic may have begun in China, but we are ending it right here in America. Operation Warp Speed is the greatest medical manufacturing endeavor in American history. We are deeply grateful to every person who has worked round the clock on this monumental national project to save lives. Thank you all for your tremendous gifts to humanity. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And God bless the world. Thank you. President Trump, obviously, before the vaccine was released, we know it's now out there. And also, I, we want to bring you a little bit of our Surgeon General interview with Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General of the United States, who talked about whether or not this vaccine will be safe to take. Have a look at this. We want people to understand that we've been working for months to make sure when we do have a vaccine, it will be distributed uh, efficiently, it will be distributed equitably, and that people should trust it. And so this summit today is really to help people understand from both the federal, state, and local perspective what we're doing to ensure distribution, but also to promote vaccine confidence. I want people to know these, these vaccines are incredibly safe. They are over 90% effective, and that I, as a physician, as a dad, as the Surgeon General, will get a vaccine myself as soon as they tell me I'm able to. That's how confident I am that they will help us in this pandemic. How do you overcome that hurdle? Because I can tell you right now, anecdotally and otherwise, there are a lot of folks that feel this might be rushed. I mean, they're glad. Believe me, Operation Warp Speed, fantastic. But they're concerned, and of course, the anti-vax crowd will say, I'm just not getting any, I'm not taking this. I'm just not going to take it. Well, I completely understand where people are coming from. They want to know that this vaccine is safe. And I want people to know that these vaccines were made with technology that has been around for over a decade. So it's not brand new. Really, the speed has come through administrative efficiencies and also through ramping up manufacturing ahead of time. We really have spent a lot of money to make sure we could produce these vaccines very quickly, not so that we could cut any safety corners whatsoever. So that's important for people uh, to, to understand. And uh, again, uh, I, I want people to know that this is the way we end this pandemic. So while uh, there's been a lot of politicization of of the entire process, uh, the real honest truth for people is that uh, if we don't get people vaccinated, then we will continue to feel the pain from this pandemic. We'll continue to see people suffering. So it's important that we engage with groups, faith leaders I'm talking to, celebrity influencers, uh, the NFL, to help people understand these vaccines are safe and they are effective and they'll help us in this pandemic. So there's going to be some sort of concerted promotional effort to get people on board so, so other Americans know it's safe to take? 
Absolutely. Uh, and I've been working with many of these groups since February, March, the beginning of this pandemic. And from that time, I've been speaking about the importance of vaccine confidence. But yes, we will continue yeah. to work increasingly with groups to promote vaccine confidence. And one thing you can do right now is get your flu vaccine. It is National Flu Vaccination Week, uh, and that will help us keep hospital beds open for COVID patients. So will you take the vaccine? Email me, dbrody at justthenews.com. dbrody at justthenews.com. Will you take the vaccine? Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, look, I got to tell you, if I watch CNN uh, just for like five or ten minutes, which, by the way, I then use an Alka-Seltzer chaser. But after I'm done with the Alka-Seltzer, I, I say to myself, wait a minute, there's like no coverage at all, at all, about any of the election fraud that's been going on about a month or so. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like uh, eight seconds at the end of an infomercial or something in the middle of the night on CNN. It, it's been actually pretty pathetic. I want to talk more about election integrity and what Trump supporters do at this point uh, with Clay, Car uh, excuse me, Clay Clark. Let's try saying that five times fast. He's the host of the Thrive Time radio show and founder of Thrive15.com, a real high re highly respected business school. Hey, uh, Clay, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. David, I greatly appreciate you for lowering the standards uh, just low enough to allow me on your show. <laughs> well, the fact that you said this show has standards, uh, you know, we'll just <laughs> wait till you see the show. Uh, but anyhow, hey, Clay, tell me a little bit about uh, what's been happening here as it relates to election integrity, because there are a lot through tens of millions of Americans who believe this election has been stolen. They feel frustrated. What are they supposed to do now between now and January 6th? If it's okay with you, I want to give great news to the listeners out there, okay? Sure, I got four go big ideas. First off, the hardware used to count the votes, that's called Dominion. It's the, the, the Dominion company. We, it's a Canadian company. It uses Chinese parts. And by the way, the, 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 good, the good folks at Dominion, they share office space with George Soros in Toronto. Uh, step number two, point number two, the software called Smartmatic, a.k.a. Sequoia, that was coded out by communists. Step three, your votes are then put onto a German server in Frankfurt, Germany, on, on Amazon servers in Frankfurt, Germany. And step four, for added confidence, your votes are then tabulated in Barcelona, Spain. What part of those four steps is scary? What part of it should uh, make you question things? All of them. And now that information is becoming common knowledge. Uh, we just interviewed on our on our podcast the founder of Overstock.com, the head of eBay's fraud protection, and they all point out it, there is irrefutable voter fraud. And you might say, well, how is this good news? Well, it's good news because in uh, 2018, our president of these great United States, President Donald J. Trump, on September 12th of 2018, he signed an executive order called, and I'm reading it, the executive order on imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a United States election. So now that we have irrefutable proof that the election was attempted to be stolen, now this executive order from September 12th of 2018 becomes relevant. However, it would be a meaningless executive order if we didn't have the people willing to execute the order. And now we have 
this just in. We have a Secretary of Defense, Christopher C. Miller, who's actually a fan of the Constitution, who will implement this executive order. And Mr. John Ratcliffe is preparing the report, the Director of National Intelligence. And once he prepares the, the report and puts that on the president's desk, the president has the ability to take the stuff, to seize the assets of those people found to be guilty of uh, corrupting our election. And now we also know Eric Coomer, the head of strategy for the company Dominion, uh, the, the voting company Dominion, Eric Coomer, is a member of Antifa. The head of security and strategy for Dominion is a member of Antifa. This so, is all good news because the bad guys are going to lose. All right, so Clay, so you, you realize when you say all of this, you've got a boatload of folks out there will say, it's all a bunch of conspiracy stuff. You can't connect the dots, and none of this oh, is yeah. showing up in court. You know that you you know that's what people are saying. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I'm a father of five. All right, and I'm not trying to sell anything. And let me just tell you how corrupt what's going on is. Um, I wrote a book called Fear Unmasked. I wrote a book that explained everything I just shared with your listeners and more about the medical fraud. You see, 2020 is the year where America is going to see the truth about the voter fraud and the medical fraud. Now, the medical fraud's two or three times worse, in my opinion, than, than the voter fraud. But I wrote a book, and my book got banned from Amazon. You understand that my literary agent, Esther Federkevich, she represents Tim Tebow and myself, and my book got banned from Amazon for hate speech when you could still buy Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Think about that. You could buy Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, but you couldn't buy a book exposing medical fraud called Fear Unmasked. So what I'm going to do for the listeners out there is I call this the Clay Clark Might Be Crazy Challenge. Send me a text to 918. This is my cell phone number. Oh, this gosh. This is added evidence I might be crazy. My cell phone number, 918-851-6920. 918-851-6920. And text me, and I'm going to give you irrefutable proof, the same evidence that Lynn Wood has, the same evidence that Roger Stone has. I'm talking about affidavits. I'm talking about video footage. I'm talking about proof, irrefutable yeah. proof. So that the voter fraud occurred, and I will text it to you all right there. Boom. Clay, got to tell you, there's a lot of folks that see all that evidence out there, and then the bottom line is we hear from the media, it doesn't go anywhere because courts are not giving, even Jenna Ellis, who was on this program earlier this week, uh, asked about evidentiary hearings. They're not getting to the discovery phase. They're not getting to the evidence admissible okay. in court. Okay, well, let's say that you're the governor, hypothetically, of Georgia. And uh, your last name is Kemp. Hy this is all hypothetical. I mean, just uh, if there was a governor in Georgia named Kemp is what you're saying. Gotcha. <laughs> if there was the person. Gotcha. And he happened to have gone to the now closed uh, consulate, the Chinese consulate in Houston. Uh, and he went there and worked a deal to put the Dominion software, the Dominion voting systems in his state. And he were to have happened to have financially benefited from it. Do you think that he would want to do a, a, a signature verification? Do you think that the governor of Georgia would want to verify signatures when, in fact, President Trump would then win and then thus he would be exposed for being a communist sympathizer? So you, No, he wouldn't. And yeah. that's why the governor of Georgia doesn't want to follow the law. And this is where we call 
This is what we call treason. We don't call it a glitch. I'm throwing out the T word, Mr. T here, treason. And treason is a crime betraying one's country, especially by attempting to kill the sovereign or overthrow the government. Right. So what you're having is treasonous people. Okay, so we got about 30 seconds or so, but yes. what, what you're saying, and there's a lot of folks that believe it, but you've got dots everywhere. You gotta connect the dot, connect the dot. Connect. It's not just about having a dot that's true and a dot that's true. You gotta connect them. And, and that's been kind of the challenge, at least uh, to get other people's attention on this. I have all the dots connected at two resources. It's timetofreeamerica.com, timetofreeamerica.com, or you can text me directly, 918-851-6920, 918-851-6920. Take the Is Clay Clark Crazy Challenge and know that I'm an independently <laughs> successful business owner. I have nothing to sell you, and I have the proof, and it is the proof and the truth that will set us free. We must stand with our president. He is exposing the fraud, and he is saving America. President Clay, Trump is our president. Clay Clark. I tell you what, uh, you bring it strong to the podcast mic there. I, I really appreciate your time, sir. That's great. Thank you. Have a blessed day. All right. Boy, I don't know. I need to take a shower. I mean, I, I'm, I'm exhausted just listening to it all. Uh, we'll have to connect the dots at some point. Uh, he says you can connect the dots, and clearly he's got a cell phone number to prove it. You've got the cell phone number, clearly. <laughs> Back in a moment. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, time for, I always have to look for it, the last sip. Uh, political correctness running amok in this country. We know that. There's nothing breaking news uh, about that at all. But how about what's going on in San Francisco? Have you heard about this? Uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, the, the school there, the, the school named after Abraham Lincoln. Uh, yeah, the committee in San Francisco's United School District is recommending changing the name of the Abraham Lincoln High School because he alleges, he being the head of the committee, uh, alleges that uh, Lincoln didn't prove black lives matter. Huh? This is what the uh, chairman of the renaming committee and first grade teacher says, uh, Jeremiah Jeffries, he says, Lincoln, like the presidents before him and most after, did not show through policy or rhetoric that black lives ever mattered to them outside of human capital and as casualties of wealth building. Uh, <laughs> folks, uh, so let me get this straight. Abraham Lincoln doesn't care about black lives. So uh, I have a few issues with that. I'm starting with, uh, I don't know, kind of like the Emancipation Proclamation. But listen, I don't want to find out. I, I don't want to be the one to comment on this. I mean, I think Abraham Lincoln uh, should comment on this. And so we have Abe with us uh, in studio. Abe, what's the uh, sense there? Abe Lincoln, clearly not in the mood for talking. I believe it's just no comment from Abe Lincoln, which would make sense because he's been uh, dead for over 150 years. Uh, but also this San Francisco Unified School District, uh, they want to not just get rid of uh, 
Abraham Lincoln, that school. They want to get rid of the Herbert Hoover Middle School because Herbert Hoover was a racist. Uh, Roosevelt Middle School because, oh, I don't know, FDR and internment camps in the Japanese. Thomas Edison, they want to get rid of the Thomas Edison Charter Academy uh, in San Francisco. Why? Well, because apparently Thomas Edison electrocuted animals. Anyhow, I say we do this. I say we start some new schools like the AOC Liberal Indoctrination Elementary School. Or how about this one? I, I like this name, the Joe Biden. I think this is middle school. Uh, I think that's a good one. And of course, what about uh, the George Washington Bridge? We got to get rid of that, George Washington. So we'll just call it the steel structure uh, that connects New York to New Jersey. So I think that's the way we should do it here at the water cooler. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start a petition. Madison, are you going to sign that petition? Madison will sign the petition. Parker and everybody, the crew will do. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, we'll try to get him to talk later. Back in the morning. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com. Welcome to the water cooler or back to the water cooler. I don't even know what show I'm doing. Am I doing just the news AM? Who knows? Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Uh, joining me now, Sophie News. Uh, Hi, David. It's, it's just Sophie News. I know. Why do I always have to explain it every you time? You need not. People know. The brand is clear. The brand, the brand it's, is it's clear. It's been established. Okay, well, your brand is news. Mm -hmm. And so what do you got going on? Because we did talk a little bit about Ron yes. Johnson. But but this is uh, an interesting... Yeah, well, we're just here to offer an update on the hearing that's been going on since... Thank you for offering since, the update. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Um, so the hearing's been going on for about... <laughs> At this point, five, six hours, yeah. they broke for lunch recently, they're going to be back. It, it, what the hearing has provided today, and maybe you covered this a little bit already, is that there's really, it's just an ongoing perpetuation of these two distinct and conflicting narratives. Mm -hmm. um, and they're very evident between the witnesses that the Democrats have called, including Chris Krebs, yeah. and the um, witnesses that the Republicans have called, which include uh, a series of President Trump's attorneys, um, Ken Starr, former special counsel for uh, the Clinton investigation and um, President Trump's um, impeachment team. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just really offering these two very different narratives of what happened in this past presidential election, with Chris Krebs saying, you know, he he's sworn in, he's under oath. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I promise you nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong in this election. We made sure of it. It wasn't like 2016 where the Russians intervened. This election ran perfectly, basically, is what he's saying, which okay. we know to be false it's for, not true. for a number of reasons. Yeah. And um, on the other hand, you have President Trump's attorney saying, giving slightly more anecdotal evidence, as they have been around the country, about specific ways in which they were denied access to transparency in poll watching in Nevada, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in all the places that we've heard about and continue to hear about. Mm -hmm. And they're saying these things, they're not working. And then there's the sort of tertiary plot line of the hearing, which is the Dominion voting systems machines, which Ron Johnson is really laying into. And he's saying that government experts need to be investigating these machines and that until five seconds ago when President Trump was on 
the ballot in this election. Mm -hmm. This was a bipartisan issue, and he cited you know, letters from Amy Klobuchar and other Democratic colleagues of his saying that these True. machines are suspect, they don't work. It's pretty wild that we still use them, given that these are documented and ongoing problems. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, this is, so it's, it's just another question of who are we going to believe about any of this? Why are mm -hmm. we hearing two completely different sets of evidence being backed up by different sides? Um, and you know, where, like, where is the truth? Right, and it's just like America, two different sides. Yeah. That's what America feels. The fact that you use tertiary to yes. that highlight the show, that's impressive. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> it's after second. See you tomorrow, everybody.